Hello, I'm Rosemary Gallagher and welcome to our Sustainable Scotland podcast, brought to you by The Scotsman, Scotland's national newspaper since 1817. We're bringing you fresh and relevant content for the 21st century. Sustainable Scotland looks at how Scotland is doing and its efforts to be cleaner and greener for the next generation. This episode is brought to you in partnership with Crosswind Developments. I'm speaking today to John Watson, Chief Executive of Crosswind, and Steve Dunlop, Board Member. Crosswind, backed by global infrastructure partners, is behind development of Elements Edinburgh in the west of the Scottish capital. This regeneration of a brownfield site will include Scotland's first dedicated digital quarter. The 30 hectare site will have affordable housing, commercial development, retail and leisure. And Crosswind Developments is taking part in our annual Scotsman Investment Conference on the 22nd of March. They're sponsoring a session on investing with impact in Scotland, people, place and planet. And today's podcast will focus on the topic of impactful placemaking. So good morning, John and Steve. If you could both introduce yourselves, um, starting with John, please, and tell a bit about your background and Crosswind. Morning, Rosemary. Uh, So I'm Chief Executive of Crosswind Developments, a company set up to develop um, the old runway at Edinburgh Airport and the land around it. It's an industrial site um, and it's been protected uh, from the communities with a big fence for the last 50 years. My background, um, I've been investment uh, in small businesses in Scotland uh, for 25 years and I'm now working with global infrastructure partners uh, globally on very large businesses. So my experience and my background is you know, from technology businesses all the way up to large infrastructure businesses. And that is quite relevant to the Crosswind project, which we'll talk about later. Um, I'm Steve Dunlop, um, and I've been with um, uh, Crosswind for around 18 months now as a non-executive director. I, I was really proud and delighted to join the team because um, when I looked at the scale of possibility uh, for transformation um, um, from a brownfield redundant air, uh, air uh, strip to something that could really genuinely make a massive contribution, not just to Edinburgh, but to Scotland and, and even internationally. For me, it was, it was just such an exciting opportunity to, to, to join and, and try to make a difference. And I say that because I've spent um, a very long uh, career in <clears throat> the placemaking agenda, uh, regeneration, investment, and, and for me, there is almost no opportunity quite like this. Thank you, John and Steve. That all sounds very interesting. And today we're talking about impactful placemaking. Could you explain what you mean by impactful placemaking? What we have is a redundant um, uh, runway <clears throat> at Edinburgh Airport, which actually not many people know about. It is inaccessible. John mentioned in his introduction that it has a fence round about it. It has got no-go signs, there is security, yet it is a massive piece of land with a huge amount to contribute, not just to nature and to people, to the economy, um, to the ecology. And for us, we want to swap it from being redundant and of low value, unrecognized, to something that it, it is the center of something, something that stimulates growth within that land parcel, but actually connects strategically and most importantly to being a a gluing part of of West Edinburgh that joins other significant land holdings that together can make an enormous difference. So for me, what I'm excited about is not just transforming 
um, a redundant brownfield asset into something new um, and purposeful in its own right is what it can do for a much larger uh, area. And that is why we are taking an approach that is deeply based on collaboration and cooperation. Thank you, Steve. John, is there anything you'd like to add on impactful placemaking? I think for me, the test of whether you've created an impact in placemaking is not just about what we see today, but what we will experience tomorrow. And our objective at Crosswind is, and always has been, to build a place that future generations would be proud of. And that place is a test far into the future. Scotland has a long history of creating places that we are currently proud of. If you go to Edinburgh, hundreds of years ago, the castle was built. It was built for a purpose, but it was a place of its time. The Botanic Gardens in Edinburgh, a place of its time. These are legacies built generations ago. Glasgow, we're building across, across the Clyde, a new regeneration. The Broomer Law is a place for now, but it will be a place for future generations. And in the west of Edinburgh, we think we can do the same. And the ingredients that we have invested in, in Crosswind, are about the future. We, we do hold ourselves accountable to future generations. Um, what is the opposite, would you say, of sustainable placemaking? Where can it go wrong? Well, I, I, think, um, I think there's lots of examples of where things go wrong and, 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 and they're, they're pretty evident where, um, where it, it is a place that's built to maximise density for profit, where uh, people and, uh, who live or you want to attract there are, are secondary to that consideration, um, that things are, are ill thought through and, and, and so on. So everyone... You don't have to be a planning expert or, or a, a designer or, or anything specialist to know, to recognize a good place versus a bad place. And we appreciate the amount of time that it takes for the consideration of, get, of making a good place. And, and, and it is right that we take time to do those things. Um, but equally, um, we need to be prepared to believe in um, the intentions um, of, of organisations that have a track record in building out long-term legacy projects. So, so for us, um, we, we, we recognise the importance, the strategic nature of building and making a good place. And we are determined to hold ourselves to account to do just that. Now, for, for us, um, what we are thinking about not just the built environment, but 42% of our place will be green, will be focused on ecology, will be about creating pathways across our site, but connections to others. So we are thinking not just about buildings. In fact, we're thinking about people, we're thinking about ecology, we're thinking about planet and place. And we know that if we get that right, then people will want to live there. People will want to visit there and people will want to work there. So for us, we've taken a huge amount of time and consideration into our planning, into, into our, our design, into the sense of we're building for tomorrow, where we are not just complying with any of, of the planning regulations of yesterday, but we're thinking much further ahead. And we understand um, that that um, is a risk for us and it's a risk for anyone who might look at that, but, but that is our intention. Thank you. So Crosswind has a 
a clear vision for the West of Edinburgh and impactful placemaking. Can you give me some examples of any place in the world where you think are leading the way, not necessarily one place, but different examples across the world who, have, who share that vision? I think there's many, many close to home. I, I referenced earlier the work that's been going on in the Clyde for the last 20, 30 years. Um, I mean, it has taken a long time to build out. It is a, it is a massive project. But what we see now in the Broomy Law between the city and the SEC is the result of a vision. We're seeing high quality jobs, inclusive jobs. We're seeing affordable housing. We're seeing a place where people don't need a car. They don't need to spend money on public transport. We're seeing a place that is, is built for the living of today and will be there tomorrow. We're seeing a place which is integrated with, with everything around it. And it's vibrant because around it, there's everything that people want. And to me, placemaking has to put people at the heart of it. What people want is in the Broomy Law. And so that's a great example. Media City in Manchester, built around you know, an anchor tenant, an anchor rationale. You know, there's a reason to be there. It creates a vibrancy. It takes time, takes investment, but it takes care and attention. And you know, there's lots of things about Media City which you know, apart from the jobs and apart from the housing, bring people to the area. For Crosswinds and the Elements Edinburgh site in Edinburgh, we think it's the natural environment. We do think you can live in an urban environment with all the vibrancy, all the opportunity, but still be connected to nature because we're human and that nature is important. We cannot be designing cities around roads for the next hundred years. We need to be designing cities around our natural environment. The two can coexist. The only thing we need to change is our approach. Thank you. Good to have examples close to home. Could you perhaps expand on and why more impactful placemaking is needed in Scotland? Well, I, I think we have an opportunity. We have lots of challenges, which we're all aware of. We know about global warming. There, are, there is a debate going on about global warming, but it, let's assume we all agree global warming is a, is a real thing and it matters. We have genuine reduction in biodiversity, especially on land. We've managed to make improvements in Scotland of our biodiversity in the sea, but waterways biodiversity is key to the future of the human race and the planet. Now, how we do things is embedded in our planning framework. And so we have to take advantage of the new planning framework for governments and for private companies and investors to come together and make a difference. So we think that you know, our crosswind application, even though it was designed you know, over four years ago with this in mind, is a really good example because it's based on the good foundations of creating a great place to live, which is good for well-being. Access to green space is good for people. Access to green space is good for the animals and the plants that live there. So we think these things are the key things that matter. What you have to give up and what you have to change is the priority for roads. You have to change the priority for some things in order to give priority to other things. And that's a reality in life. But it's actually a reality that future generations want us to accept today. So I do think now is the time, and I'm very excited that we as a team are committed to the elements of the national planning framework. We mustn't forget that global investment is a really competitive environment. And Investment in infrastructure and jobs can go anywhere. Scotland has no divine right to be more attractive or less attractive than anywhere else. So 
Scotland needs investment for today's and tomorrow's economy if we want to continue to, to, to thrive and be the nation that, 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 we, that we can be. So our, our placemaking strategy is, is underpinned by creating a substantial digital quarter, one million square feet of, of um, bespoke um, accommodation for small through to large um, um, businesses who want to relocate from other parts of the world, grow in Scotland, but most importantly, stay in, in Scotland. And that is, that is really fundamental. So this is not just about more homes. It is about creating a vibrant economy, building on Scotland's strengths for tomorrow. But we are competing with other nations, with other places for that investment. And we should never forget that. For me, when I was working with Scottish Enterprise, I saw some amazing examples of, of um, countries and territories making themselves incredibly distinctive and attractive to entrepreneurs, to, um, to people who wanted not just to start a business, but to grow a business. And in one example in Toronto, in the Mars Centre, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, a regenerated hospital, they created an environment where companies didn't just want to go and start a business and grow a business and had all the resources around about them and, um, uh, and then to transfer to another part of the world to reap the benefits of growth. They created an environment when you went there, you never left. You had a sense of place, a sense of home, a sense of loyalty, a supply chain, a workforce that you would never leave for California or for anywhere else. And that, that for me was a sense that they had got it right. When you walked into that building or around that campus, that place, you thought, I could live here. I could bring my children here. I feel safe here. I feel energy and creativity all around me. And for me, that's what, that's for, for me is where placemaking and economy come together in a vibrant place. So that is the, how I want um, elements in our crosswind development to feel. I, I know what I'm, in my mind what I want it to look like, but I'm interested in how does it feel at a human level? So that's what we aspire to. Perhaps you could tell me how much do you plan to invest in the West of Edinburgh as part of this project? And where will that money go? A bit more detail and where you'll be spending that money and to the benefit of Edinburgh, the whole of Edinburgh and obviously Scotland. Yeah, so that's a great question. We we expect that this will be an investment of around about one billion pounds total build-out value over the many years it takes to build out. Um, for Scotland at current values, we believe that will add around 450 million to the economy. Um, that's over 6,000 jobs. Um, I mean, construction alone will take you know, a multiple of that. So it's a huge opportunity. The digital jobs that we look to be creating are inclusive. So it's not just the value of the economic contribution of 450 million a year. It is a quality. The jobs that are created are much more inclusive. And the community that we'll build around these jobs is also inclusive. It's these things that open up opportunities. And it's that, that is how we level up our communities, by making sure that these good jobs are easily accessible and sustainable. Thank you, John. And talking about um, communities and regeneration, you describe this development as regeneration. 
you perhaps explain a bit further how your site fits into that development category? What we are doing is we are moving from infrastructure um, of yesterday that is no longer required and is now in a brownfield uh, uh, environment which has low productivity into something that is the opposite of that, that is highly accessible, that is transformed and changed for housing, for jobs, for nature, for all of those things. So it is hard to imagine something going from one thing to another with such a dramatic impact as, as we are talking about here at Elements in, 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 cross, in Crosswind. So we, we are shifting it from one use to a range of uses that are even more impactful than, than its original use. And that's why it's transformational regenerative. For us, um, the interesting thing is, is how do we do this not in splendid isolation, not for ourselves, but in partnership and in collaboration with communities who are around us today, but communities who will be interested in the tomorrow. And we know that we need to work really hard and we, are, uh, um, and we have been for a while with all of those interested organizations in the, public, in the public side, those who have a role over planning or regulation or environment, there is a, a complex mix of, uh, in a family of, of, of um, public bodies who are deeply interested and responsible for, for making sure that the right thing happens in these, these really important places. So we need, to, we need to continue to work and absolutely convince people that we not just believe what we, what we say, but we will deliver what we say. Equally, we know that, that our site, and I've said earlier, is only one of a handful of large strategic as important sites in West Edinburgh. And therefore the prize must be not to do one site in, in isolation, but for all of those sites to come together and see a collective approach that will deal with collective infrastructure, with collective public services, all of those things together over a long period. I'm Rosemary Gallagher and you're listening to the Sustainable Scotland podcast. This edition is brought to you by The Scotsman in partnership with Crosswind Developments. And I'm talking to John Watson, Crosswind Chief Executive, and Steve Dunlop, Board Member, about impactful placemaking. If you'd like to discuss partnering with The Scotsman for an episode of Sustainable Scotland, please email podcasts at scotsman.com. And now back to the conversation on Crosswind and impactful placemaking. And do these organisations generally get excited when you tell them about your plans and how you want to work with them? What kind of reaction are you getting from organisations you're talking to and trying to get on board and inspire? Yeah, I think development in Edinburgh has, has been historically very, very challenging. It's a historic city. It is a fast-growing city and is, is a city which is very complex needs. So the response that we've had when we've talked to our partners around our green space development has been phenomenal. Very keen to get behind new ideas, very keen to get behind deliverable ideas. So we've had really good engagement. I think when it comes to our neighbours, because we have approached this with an attitude that we all win, there isn't, we don't believe we're in competition with our neighbouring developers. We all have to win in order for us all to build a new West of Edinburgh. And again, we found that the response has been very supportive, very transparent, very inclusive. I think the challenge has been because of the complexity and because of the history, that there's a, there's a lot of agendas that we need to refresh and we appreciate that. Perhaps tell a bit more about his legacy. 
and why it's a once in a lifetime opportunity for the west of Edinburgh and Scotland and perhaps a bit more on the nature side of things and your blue-green networks and biodiversity, that's all a very interesting side to it. Yeah, so I think the, the site at the old Crosswind Runway is one of a few brownfield sites in Edinburgh. Now, the west of Edinburgh has a number of applications in the pipeline for expansion. It's a significant investment. It's one of the largest building sites in the whole of the UK when you add up all the independent individual development opportunities. So we looked at that and we thought, well, we're part of that whole expansion, but we're a key part of it. So why are we, why are we important to the west of Edinburgh, I think is, is the first question. The natural habitats that exist on that site, because of their protection from the human species for 50 years, is incredible. And our view is rather than see you know, the Gorgaburn as a liability, and many do see it as a liability, we see it as a fundamental asset for us and for the people who are going to live there. So we've centered our whole development around that. And when you center a development around an asset like that, you realize that it's bigger than you. So for us, we think our contribution to the whole of West of Edinburgh is based around natural capital. So we will build around 10 kilometers of walking and cycling routes around our site. Over 40% of our development will be devoted to green space, including a five hectare park. That five hectare park will connect to our neighbors. Um, and we are working with a number of neighbors and a number of agencies to connect the whole of Western Edinburgh up with green space, which gives access for crosswinds and other developments to a significant area. As well as that, we will build a passive house of gold standard. And that reduces, you know, the average household produces 2.7 kilograms of CO2 a year, 2.7 tons. Um, that will drop to zero. You know, the impact that these houses have, but not only on CO2, but also the cost of living. And we all know that's a big issue. So for us, we look to contribute all of these things. Now we asked, why does this mean that the Crosswind Development Company and Elements Edinburgh is not just a normal commercial development? I would love it to be a normal commercial development. I would love all commercial developments to change in, in the way we're approaching it. And I genuinely think we will. So I would hope that question doesn't get asked because actually we become the standard. Thank you, John. Is that how you see yourself as driving the placemaking agenda across Scotland in terms of the vision that you have? I think we absolutely must move away from saying that we are better, we are first, we are bigger, we are any of that. And, and what Scotland needs are, is a deep sense of collaboration in large-scale aspirational places like West Edinburgh. If we collaborate, then we will be competing with the rest of the world, not each other. That is fundamental for, for, for us, Rosemary. And the output from that could be a green, connected, ecologically driven and relevant space that could be the largest, not just in Scotland, but across Europe. So it is a green space that is the connector between the, the built environment and not the other way around. There's lots of examples where development and you get tiny pockets of green space with a set of swings on them that is purposeless and, and meaningless. This is a chance to go way, way beyond that. And we think we are the embodiment of the, the, the national planning framework number four. And we would love to be a test case to, to bring that to reality. Thank you, Steve. 
And as well as um, Scotland looking at what's happening in the west of Edinburgh and your plans, do you think the rest of the world is interested in what you've got planned for the west of Edinburgh and what's happening on the outskirts of the Scottish capital? So I think the world will definitely be interested in what's happening on the west of Edinburgh. Now, Edinburgh is a significant global brand. The airport over the last 10 years has doubled in size because of inward travel. We have a reputation for having an excellent tourist business. We have a large number of exports which have global recognition and we have a strong business community. We have graduates of such quality with the envy of many other countries. Now, what I think we need to do is build a place for those graduates. Now, that will attract international attention. We already know that there's appetite for inward investment. And when Scotland lets it be known that we want this international investment, we are willing to respond to this, we know what matters to investors, then I think the investment community will continue to follow into Scotland. It has done for many generations, it will do. Only we can control that. And I think the most important thing is the green park concept that we touched on earlier. If we work together in Scotland and consistently connect up all the green spaces in this developing area of West Edinburgh, we talked about a park, an urban park, which is organically built between all the landowners, just opening up the space to people with you know, car-free travel paths, cycle paths. We have consistency of planting to allow a pathway for biodiversity. We build it around our waterways. We build it around our forests. We build it around our greenways. We can produce something that sits alongside New York's High Line. It becomes a tourist attraction in itself. It becomes notable in itself to bring people to Scotland. And that allows people to experience Scotland. And Scotland will become known for doing things right. We will, we will set a new legacy in Scotland. We'll no longer just be selling the castle built hundreds of years ago, botanic gardens built hundreds of years ago. We're building a legacy that fits for tomorrow. And that to me is what's exciting. And that is to me what the rest of the world will look at. In the long term, the rest of the world will know the West of Edinburgh because of the decisions we make now to build our cities around green space. Thank you, John. Steve? Yeah, and again, just to add a little to that, uh, um, I think it's not just what we do, but how we do it, I think is part of, um, must be part of what makes us more attractive in a competitive world for inward investment. My, my experience in Scotland has been that there is no better place to galvanize a cohesive, ambitious um, response when something has been damaged or broken. So my experience when, we, when Michelin was leaving Dundee, catastrophic impact potential for that city after generations of, 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 of um, investment and, and building talent and capability. Scotland stepped into that space and out of that came something arguably even greater for the future. I would like that energy, that passion, that cohesion, that teamwork, that incredible sense of let get, let's get something done. Let's do that when we're building something new rather than trying to protect or fix something that has come to the end of its life. So, so for me, that would be one of the, the characteristics of 
of this approach that I would like to look back on and say that's what happened in the west of Edinburgh, crosswinds and elements and beyond. Thank you. You've talked a bit about your partnership approach and engaging with uh, the local community. Do you perhaps have a bit more detail about in practice how you are talking to the local community, to the government, dealing with planners, universities, for example, landowners, businesses, future residents of so many different stakeholders, uh, MSPs. Could you tell a bit more about your engagement with these different parties and how you feel that's progressing? Yeah, so I think clearly we have to engage fully with the community. Our planning application process, uh, we've been in the planning process for two and a half years. Um, before that, we've been operating in our planning design for two years. So that's four and a half years of consultation, active consultation. And the parties change over that time. So we, we find ourselves talking with all of our community partners many times. What we've learned over that time is some things don't change for communities. And there's a solidity in what communities are looking for in the jobs, in the great housing, in the natural environment. So we find that some of the conversations we have resonate with all of the groups. The one thing we keep coming back to is green space unites everyone. And so our approach to talking with our landowner neighbours, our approach to talking with the councils, our talk, the government and the universities, is to focus on the thing that unites us, the new thing, the thing we all want, which is to build a better future. What we find quite interesting with our neighbours is when we start to talk about the old things that we want, but are in short supply, and that creates an element of conflict. Like roads, for example, there's no getting away from the fact West Edinburgh has a road challenge. The amount of traffic wanting to come through West Edinburgh into the city is difficult. The amount of traffic that you know people expect might exist if we keep driving as much. Those conversations, we find, won't get us to a constructive future. It isn't part of our future. So we find that when we engage in something which everyone wants, it's a very, very supportive conversation. One of the challenges of the West of Edinburgh is there isn't actually a community there today. The community is relatively small for the size of development. So we do have to imagine a new world. We do have to work towards a new agenda because the issues that you know regeneration projects quite often face you know, in the heart of a dense urban environment, they don't exist in West of Edinburgh yet because the communities that will live there live somewhere else. What barriers have you come up against in trying to convince people of your vision and get this moving forward? Is it cultural, economic? What What is in standing in the way of moving forward and how do you hope to overcome that? Yeah, so as we've been um, working with the communities, with the planners, uh, with our neighbours for nearly five years, um, of that, we've been in the planning process for two and a half years. There are lots of reasons for this, um, you know, the policies that exist in Edinburgh are being updated. Uh, they, they represent you know, a world of 10 years ago. The land has changed use. All of these things do create complexity in planning process. But going back to what Steve said, you know, if, if Scotland could harness the energy, the can-do attitude that exists when we need to respond to an emergency and apply it to an opportunity, a unique opportunity, we would have done this quicker. So to me, it is about taking the opportunity that Scotland as a small country has to be quicker, more fleet of foot, and the ability for us to compete for international capital, to do the projects we want, to be ahead of the game, to deliver the future before other countries is 
is available to us because we're small. We have that agility. We see it. We would like that to be placed for strategically important projects like West of Edinburgh and ours. Can you expand a bit more on exactly what you'll deliver in terms of economic delivery? You've talked a bit about facts and figures, but a bit more about in real terms, what you'll, the impact you'll have on the Scottish and the wider economy. Yeah, so I think at the heart of what we're doing is building a digital community. Digital, to, digital jobs are the future. There is no question. We compete for digital talent. So we will hold on to our digital talent here in Scotland. We'll attract digital talent. That will create more opportunities. It's not just about our site. It's not just about the place we're building. And those jobs also need houses. These are, we have a real housing shortage. We want high quality housing. We plan to deliver that. And we plan to deliver the amenities with those houses. And we, our site is surrounded by incredible transport connections already. So we, we get to tap into all of those transport networks. Now, these jobs, if you're generating, you know, 450 million of economic value a year, that is significant to Scotland. I don't think that's wholly additional. I think that economic value is replacing what we are inevitably going to lose as the world changes. We have to change as an economy, and this is a way to do it. In Crossroads, you obviously have um, big ambitions for the West Venture and Scotland as a whole. We built the business in order to be there for the long term. So we're, we are backed by global infrastructure partners. They invested significant capital to allow us to run a proper planning process, to run proper consultation process, to engage in all of the work we need to do to ensure that this development is right for Scotland, is right for the people of Scotland. So our investors are completely supportive of what we're doing. What message would successful development or crosswind send to anyone else looking at investing in Scotland? Yeah, I think if Scott, when, when Crosswinds has, has developed um, elements Edinburgh, it sends a very clear message to the investment community that Scotland is open for business. It sends the message to the investment community that Scotland is willing to get behind bold, ambitious projects as it always has done. It sends a message to the, the community that will, Scotland is willing to invest in new jobs and new housing and make it right, make the place attractive. It sends a message to developers that if you invest fully in the community and you invest supportively of planning uh, development, then you'll get, your, you'll get your commercial support. It sends a message to all the parties that Scotland is behind the right type of development. I, I think... Um, if people look inwards, I, I, they will. They ought to recognise that what gets support is is distinctive placemaking that it couldn't be anywhere else. It, you know, it is. It has to connect with our place. That is not what you do only. It is how you do it, which is the collaboration, the the empathy with 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 what is expected of you and what others um, are are looking for. So. So how you go about doing, delivering transformational change as much as what goes on the ground, I think must be a legacy from, from what we deliver here. Thank you to John Watson and Steve Dunlop of Crosswind Developments for sharing their insights on impactful placemaking. You can find out more about this topic and investing for a stable Scotland, people, place and impact at the Scottsman Investment Conference in Edinburgh on the 22nd of March. For more information on the conference and to register, please visit 
www.scotsmaninvestment.co.uk And thank you for listening to this episode in Sustainable Scotland series produced by The Scotsman. Please listen out for and enjoy more episodes on all your main podcast platforms. This episode presented by me, Rosemary Gallagher, and produced by Andrew Mulligan. Thank you.